it's 9 a.m. The signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's The Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. From Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad Street, Truman Jones is on News Radio WGNS. Good morning, Rutherford County. Have JD on again, JD Kennedy. Good morning. And JD, you do such a wonderful job. I have, we've been sitting here almost two hours. Just enjoying the time, yep. watch it pass and go. And I have absolutely enjoyed the whole time. It's because, been a two-way street. Yeah, though. because of all the stories. My yep. gosh, I, I, I just uh, you, you have stories about everything that uh, mystifies people. Um, uh, we have talked about the um, uh, UFOs before sure. we went on the air. Some of it I don't know. Uh, what in the world we could say as far as being on list, telling everybody. Well, that's but, all right. But, but it's really fascinating. Sure. And, and all the other things that when you're in high flight. And, oh, yeah. And, uh, Star Spangled Banner. Yeah, Star Spangled Banner, reaching out. Uh, uh, the high flight is one of the best, um, I guess it was. it's poetic, I, I oh, guess yeah. you might say. Oh, it's more prose. Yeah. Because uh, it's not rhythmic, you know, it doesn't perfectly rhyme, but it yeah. it, it fits. I, re- I remember how um, I would get, I would get excited, and, and, and I had all of that. Hey, hon, just, just keep the, just keep it. Yeah, birthday. <laughs> I would, I. Uh, uh, this is little bit's birthday today. Yes, yeah, and she's she, having she, fun. She's she's just excited as she can be. Um, but anyway, I remember uh, the Star Spangled Banner and High Flight would be uh, uh, close on. Yeah, it closed the the TV for the for the day. It wasn't 24 hours a day. Right. Uh, I think mostly it would close pretty close to midnight if, I, right. if I'm not right. mistaken. Um, can I answer that while you're Go talking? Yeah. yeah, the little waitress is, we've uh, estimated her age at 31, and I think we were within two times of what it is, but she's having a ball. Everybody's tipping her a little higher, so she's strutting a little. Yeah, yeah. you actually put a quarter down, and I yeah. appreciate yeah, that. But, but it was a new quarter. Yeah, I, I, I like that. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, I had an important phone call I had to answer. Okay, uh, uh, your what? My, my, my warranty's running out on oh, my car. And, and, and somebody uh, from Pakistan they're, told Yeah, they're so nice. I mean, four or five times a week. They're, yeah. they're, 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 they they're have really, concern. Yeah, bless their heart. But um, uh, anyway, we're talking about high flight. And, and um, every night we would make sure that we stayed up long sure, enough sure. for the Star Spangled Banner. And and then they would do the high flight thing when when the, you, you like a, a you being a pilot oh, and yeah. you would reach out and touch the face of God oh, and that still brings chills down my oh and mine yeah, yeah. and the rolling and spinning yeah. and tossing and uh, it's a feeling that until you've seen it you can't believe it it's yeah. it's a relief 
The young kids like to get a release from life. Well, yes. we got a release when we, we sure were flying. Did. Yeah. Uh, you were on the other end of the airplane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got a release as soon as I went yes, out the door. Yes, you did. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh. And people say, how could anybody be stupid enough to, to leave a perfectly good airplane? To be perfectly honest with you, I felt more safe oh, yeah. out there with that parachute than I did uh, yeah. having to land in the plane. I had a lot of people tell me that, that they yeah. were terrified to land with us. Yeah. And, of course, when they'd flown with me, they had a reason. <laughs> you loved to harass us, didn't you? <laughs> oh, yeah. We, that, we that, that was one of the fun parts of flying. Oh, yeah. Well, they harassed us, too, now. <laughs> it was a two-way street. It was a game. And, of course, we're not training for a game, so you're trying to make yeah. something loose out of it. Well, being a pilot, you have seen some very unusual things happen oh, while yes. you're in the air. Yeah, a multitude of things. I think the one you liked was the UFO thing. Yeah that we were flying on the South China Sea outside of, say, Hong Kong, someplace along in there, 2 o'clock in the morning. And right there, nobody will talk to you on the radio. I used to have to relay my uh, uh, position reports through Cronwell, England, halfway around the world, and then they'd have to call back on the landline. But we are flying along just cutting air, and we looked out, and there was a white light off of our right wing. And when you're flying at night over water, you can't tell if it's 20 yards off the wing or 2,000 yards off the wing because you don't know how big it is. Yeah. So this thing paralleled us for, of course, we joked that it was three and a half years, but it was probably three or four minutes that this thing stayed there and didn't budge. And then all of a sudden, poof, it went over the horizon that fast, just mm. faster than anything I've ever seen. I've seen everything in the world. And, uh, like I said, the speed had to be equivalent to the SR-71, which was the fastest airplane we ever admitted having. But it was probably more of a spooky-type thing, a, a flying wing or a, uh, one of our flying saucers, something like that that could loiter at our speed and still go at tremendous speed. And the navigator threw a fit said, call it in. I said, call what in? <laughs> he said, that. And I said, I don't see a thing out there. <laughs> Because they were taking pilots and putting yeah. them in a rubber room at that time. Yeah. If you admitted seeing a, a UFO, which realized the name in itself, unidentified flying object, could be anything. Mm-hmm. It could be a, a prism of light. You know, it could be a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, weather phenomena. Uh, this wasn't weather phenomena. Uh, but I never did know what it is, never cared what it is. Never told a story for about 40 years because I didn't want to get put in the psychiatrist's office. Isn't that, that's, that, that's something that you and I were talking about, and I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Why pilots that actually see those things, uh, why you're, you're so afraid? I guess I can see it in a way because no, no one wants to be ridiculed about something that... Well, we'd that, actually get grounded. Yeah. And they'd, oh, put wow. us, they'd put us through medical things thinking something was wrong with us. Um, and I love flying too much. Yeah. And it wasn't hurting me. But obviously, some of those things are real. Obviously. Yeah. And it, we're getting closer to admitting that uh, because now they have pictures of UFOs. Yeah. Uh, not close up. And, of course... Uh, we had a little disagreement on Area 51, where they found a, a lot of the things from alien space 
travel apparently mm-hmm. and like you said we got pictures of the little fellas but we don't know if they're real and especially now you can photoshop anything yeah so but back then they were pretty well accurate and uh, was it something just to protect the 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 citizens oh, yeah, who live was, in this country we didn't want one fear but, you know, well, the well, end of the world yeah that's one thing that i i, I don't understand because i don't know how we could fear something like that well the, the story was a lot of people thought that they were coming here to check to see our what we could do and then we're going to take us over and i felt if they were aliens they were far advanced from us to get here yeah and secondly they were just took taking a look around and then go back but we know we've had radio waves coming from outer space for years mm-hmm. we don't know whether it's electronic or uh, if it's real uh, just again this week one of the planets we see there might be a chance there's some living organize, organism there uh, there's water on some of the planets uh, there's a, a million things we don't know yet I go on a thing where people say well why, how can you believe that I said I believe in infinity infinity you think will go to the end of space mm-hmm. that's not the end infinity goes forever now, our minds aren't ready to accept forever we, we, we think that everything has an edge to it yeah. in, in, in and then that's going to be the end. Of course, as, as we've grown up, yeah. uh, we remember how we were taught in school and, and things like that, and what what uh, the world was really like, and, and then space, how how far it would go. It, it seems to me we always think there has to be an end somewhere. Well, we want an explanation of everything. Yeah, yeah. And you can't explain infinity. Yeah. You can't do it. Your mind won't go out that far. Well, that far goes again. <laughs> we have a phone call. Go on. for it. <laughs> I knew it would take something like that. Yeah, that, that ought to stir the bucket. <laughs> Caller, welcome aboard with J.D. Kennedy. Okay. You can win $1 million in by the name of this caller. <laughs> I didn't hear that. How y'all you doing? One, you, you win $1 million. Yeah. He's going to give you a $1 million if you can tell him yeah. what his name is to the, the audience. Right. But, Truman, uh, hey, 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 Casey Clark, I want my $1 million right now. Thank you, Casey. It'll be in Confederate money. <laughs> let, let, me, let me see. You all know something. You know, you know, I'm originally from Smyrna, Tennessee, Hilltop, they used to call it. That's, that's but, good. You know, we, my family moved to Mothersburg in 1960. And, mm-hmm. you, you know, and, of course, they moved, and I lived in Smyrna. I didn't come when they came. I lived stayed with my grandmother down there. And my family, I was one of the youngest ones in the family, and they always told a story about my old sisters and brothers, they told us they were about them seeing something. You all brought up about UFOs and stuff like that. They, they seen something like, like, like I said, UFOs. And we said, you know, how people are we talking about no, that? And, but they always told it. And they were serious about it. And yeah. so when I learned a little bit about music, I started playing music back down when we when I moved to Mother's 
start planning for a church in Serrano, Serrano Baptist. One evening, went to choir practice, and I, you know, sit in there and listen to the older people talk. And they were talking in the same way my sisters and brothers had talked years before. They had seen the same thing in Leanna. I said, uh-oh, wait a minute. My sisters and brothers had talked about this. They had seen the same thing that my sisters and brothers had seen. And I've, I've got to saying, wait a minute. And like, like you all are t- talking about now, sometimes it pays to listen, and you never know what's really going on right around you. And, and you know we don't pay a whole lot of attention to it, Casey. You know, sometimes. Yeah. You never know until you just, you know, give people, you know, just kind of listen. There's a lot yeah. of stuff. And, I mean, if we just, uh, you, you just really don't never know. And they told us, I mean, just, they told us story for years, and they were serious about this. Yeah. And they said they've seen the same incident, the same People, the little, little, little people that they seen that were doing the same thing, look the same way in in or in Leanna. Back in the early, this was, had to be in the early 50s. Yeah. They had seen the same thing. Sure did. I just want to let y'all in on that. Appreciate it, gentlemen. Thank you, Casey. I really appreciate that. Appreciate Thank you. Your call. Uh, you know, I, I, I relate uh, space travel and, and distance and and uh, when you're going to run out of space and things like that to life, you know, uh, everybody knows they're going to die, but they don't believe it. That's right. And I think that's part of the hereafter is going to, like it said in Peter Pan, it's going to be a great adventure sure. when we when we get there. We shouldn't be afraid of, of, of something that's coming up like that. Well, I like the old joke where the guy says, are you ready to go? And he's, yeah, but not tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you love it? Yeah. All right. So if you were, J.D. Kennedy was flying out there in a C-130 uh, today, and you saw an unusual aircraft go by you, and you see, actually can see the people that are inside that aircraft, and they look nothing like us. Uh, what would you do? I'd report it now. You would? Yeah. I think the world's ready for it now. Uh, they've seen so many pictures, and they want to know what is it. Yeah. And I don't know it would alleviate their fears, but at least it would bring a little fact to it. You know, where right now it's fantasy. Yeah. And uh, people thrive on fantasy, but they want facts. They don't really want, like the... Old guy says you couldn't handle the facts. You know? Well, uh, they they think that we can't. Uh, not everybody's alike. We're we're in this this country. We're 300 million different people yeah. here in this country. We still have people believe we didn't go to the moon. Yeah, and I've known. In fact, I know people right now that said we didn't do That's it. That's right. And and, and uh, but there there's something about like the Warren report. The Warren report, most of us don't really believe it. Right. I don't believe it. No. And, and, and there was too many things that happened during that time. Uh, we actually saw some of it with people who had uh, uh, their own cameras when, sure. when, when it happened. And, um, 
it, it just really doesn't make any sense. All the it's it's just not really the all the things about the people dying after it happened and 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 it, it's. Um, well, I will never believe there was a man alive that could have made those two shots no. from that window. There no. was, I don't believe he took either of them, but yeah. I don't think the best sniper in the world couldn't got both of them off. Yeah. And, of course, there's a thousand ideas of what happened to one of my favorites recently is a Secret Service agent, when that happened, said the Secret Service agent next to him when the first shot fired, he pulled his trigger and shot Kennedy in the back of the head. Yeah. Could have been. Yeah. Because a- the, panic, the panic was yeah. there. Yeah. And if you're guarding the president, you're goosey. You're, yeah. But uh, there's hopefully so many you're things under control. that happen that they just don't want to let people know and i've never understood that i mean everybody wants to know everything that was going on at any different time in and, in the world today and the government won't let you know everything yeah whoever so, so we were discussing this also why I, I, they're not really protecting anybody when, when they won't release some of that information and and they can utilize it to kind of cower people down who actually see something, but they're afraid to sure. report it because you're going to be a nut from now on. Yeah, they'll be pointing at you. Yeah. Well, think about it. There's a tremendous amount of information that's still top secret classified that has no reason to be classified. Yeah. We had an era there where we overclassified everything, said the people aren't ready to hear it. Well... The people are far more astute than we give them credit for. Yeah. They can handle a lot more. Maybe they, they're not ready for it, but they can handle it. You know, are these Hollywood people? Because Hollywood seems to think that they're the hierarchy and they're the brightest people in the world. Well, so and, a, they, and a few athletes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless their hearts. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let, let's get back to something I wanted to discuss. Okay. I can't remember how m- much we discussed it last time, but the the savant that okay. you That's met. It's a fun story. It, it is a great story. Okay, when I was at the academy at freshman year, uh, we were treated pretty bad. But uh, on rare occasions, they'd let us go out on what they called a dining out, where you'd go have a meal with a, a civilian family that had no ties to the academy. And, and the civilian family, I, I presume, requested that. Yeah, well, certainly. Yeah. It was a two-way street. Yeah. Well, we didn't request it. <laughs> the, the academy did. Okay. So I got to go to a, a really well, great family. He was the head of an airline. He had two all-American kids that were just, you know, into everything. Mm-hmm. And then a special child probably 12 years old, something like that, uh, that was non-communicative around people. Yeah. And, uh, of course, the man and the woman were great people. And we went through dinner, and that was fine, or lunch. And it was fine, and the two little superstars went out, and they were playing football and whatever. Mm. And uh, mother went to do what she was doing, and daddy went to do what she was doing. I'm sitting there by myself, and I keep wondering where the boy is, the third one. Mm-hmm. And because when I'd be around him, you couldn't understand a word. He'd just clam up, you know, Mm -hmm. if the crowd was there. So finally I heard music and I went downstairs and he was playing a piano with 10 fingers, not playing a song. He was playing to him. 
It sounded like Bach having a fight with Beethoven. It was just so he was just banging on the keys. But it, to him, it meant something. Yeah. You know, okay. he thought he was creating something. Yeah. And uh, uh, genius usually shows up in art or uh, math, mm-hmm. and music or math usually. And so anyway, I sat there for quite a while and listened to him. Finally, he discovered me, and he went into the mumbling. So I sat there longer, and I kept trying to calm him down, calm him down. Finally, he got where he could speak a little, but he would listen a lot. Mm -hmm. And he got out that I knew math, which is a great step forward from mumbling. Yeah. For us to talking about a subject. So he, he wanted more. So I started out with addition, subtraction, multiplication, division, and eventually went through spherical trig and calculus and every math known to man. And I had to teach him the basics, and then he could extrapolate into the next level. He mm-hmm. could go ahead of me in the same thing I just taught him. Never could top him, never could stop him. And uh, then finally came time to go home. And I went and found a daddy, the very important man. And I said, now the last thing you need to do is listen to a freshman from any school, let alone the academy. And I said, but I'm going to tell you one time and you can take it and run with it or forget it. And he said, what's that? And I said, your son is not a special child. He's a savant. He said, what's a savant? And I said, he's a full-blown genius, way out genius. And I said, we're taught that IQ is a perfect circle, that a perfect genius and a perfect idiot can sit side by side because neither one of them can talk to anybody. Yeah. And I said, that's his problem. He, he has nobody to talk to. Uh, nobody understands what he wants to talk about. So he says, what would you do? And I said, well, if I were you, with your expertise and power and whatever, I'd pick out the university you think the most of and contact them and say, you may have a savant. And would they have a professor that would take him on one-on-one enclosed laboratory and try and develop it? Now, is that common in a university? No. Well, I've never heard of a university having anything like that. Well, I'm sure they've had savants because, you know, you've had kids graduate from college at 11 or 12. We have one out here that graduated young. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, uh, he just nodded his head, thank you, and it yeah. blew me off. And a couple of months later, he contacted me, <clears throat> and he couldn't trace it. You know, it wasn't like in writing or anything. And he said, I thought you deserved to know that so-and-so is at this major university near us, and he's locked up in the laboratory with one professor, and they're designing the power components for the space race. Wow. The two of them. So he was similar to the Johnson lady that they had. Yeah, but Johnson lady was probably ahead of her time in math. Yeah, but she was normal in most other ways. Everything else, but she knew math. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like I had a roommate that I I had to work for hours to solve a problem. He'd walk in and look at it, and he could discern it. Mm -hmm. And then he'd say, let me see if I can work it. And he meant it. He couldn't work it without effort. Yeah. But he could give me the answer. Well, uh, Johnson was that way with math. This guy was that way with anything you wanted to hit him with. You just had to give him the tools. Like they gave him a piano tuning kit one time, and he tuned five pianos the first day without reading the instructions. 
he, he was just a genius, uh, way out there, but he was socially retarded. But he did pretty well with you. But I had to break the ice with him. He had to trust me first. And once he trusted me, then he relaxed, and then he could talk. So but what, what, but what, when what? he was in a crowd, he, he couldn't handle all that. Yeah. His parents never, ever They never had realized. a clue. Never had a clue. Yeah. They raised him as an idiot. That's unbelievable. That's not fair, idiot. No, uh, it's, it's not. No. But they raised him as not knowing anything. Yeah. They just let him do whatever he wanted. And they had enough money that he didn't have to go to school. So so you can't have contact with him anymore from what he's doing, or can you? No. Well, ha at that time, it was top secret what he was doing. Yeah. So, no, ha no have, you, have you ever just had the urge no, I, to, I know to he did contact well. him at I know all. he did well. He had to be in the right environment, but I know he did well. Yeah. He had to get somebody with a similar IQ that was out there, that was trying to find something new, do something important. Yeah. And, of course, the little kid was dying to do that. He was, uh, he but, was bottled up. But when you first started... When you first contacted him and started talking to him and, and tried to get through. I had no clue where I was going with him. I, I didn't think he'd react to me. But 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 he did. He did. And, and, and could you see a change come over him? Oh, no. You, he just blossomed. Wow. Well, first you'd think he'd just be excited. Yeah. No, he was hunger. He said, teach me more. Give me more. Oh wow! You know, he, he he he. You couldn't fill his bucket. Yeah. You know, calculus. Let's go to calculus. Let's yeah. Go, you know, spherical tree. The oh. sun finally shone on him. Yeah. And and. What opened the gate? Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Uh, and I've seen that a few other times, but not to that degree of social reordination. Right here, I've seen it. Yeah. Oh, uh, one of those young man, nice young man. And his mother had flu or chicken pox or something while she was carrying him. Mm -hmm. So the, everybody, including the school, said, well, he'll be an idiot. So they treated him like an idiot. Never let him go to school. When he did go to school, his classmates didn't come to his belt. Yeah. And I got talking to him, and we got him where he was a member of society. He, he just needed somebody to believe in him. If there's if there's parents listening right now, and they have something very similar to that, that'd be fun. Yeah. W would you like to? to oh sure, I'd love to talk to them. Yeah. And I have no special training in it. It's just I'm a heck of a listener. Some people have gifts though that yeah. you you really can't understand. Yeah. Oh yeah. What do you? I say there's a big difference between hearing and listening. Yeah. Oh. Um, you can't, uh, when I was in real estate and they get the young realtors, I said, you know, it's impossible to learn anything with your mouth open. You got to listen. Well, you can learn not to keep your mouth open. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break. All right, good. We'll be right back with J.D. Kennedy.
from Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad Street. It's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming online at WGNSRadio.com. Now's the time to start teaching good financial habits to your children, and we're here to help. Hi, I'm Nancy with Heritage South Community Credit Union. Our chipmunk and squirrel saver accounts help your child learn how to save and reward them for regular deposits or good grades. Our team cash accounts help your team learn to manage their money wisely and have options to build their credit. To learn more, visit our website, HeritageSouth.org, insured by the NCUA. At Bud's Tire Pros, they care about those who live and work here because you're a big part of what makes this place great. This is Kay Mitchell at Bud's Tire. Come by and see us at Bud's Tire, 3600 East Main Street, or call 896-TIRE. They will be here through the good times and the uncertain times. For those who are out on the road, stop in today to see their full lineup of Michelin tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin has a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, they're essential, they're open, they're local. Visit them online at BudsTireProsTN.com. Hi, Bargain Hunters, listen up. French's Shoes and Boots is where you need to come for the best brands at the best prices. Boot brands like Justin, Tony Lama, Lucchese, Keen, Thoroughgood, Ariat, and many more. Shoe brands like Merrill, Ariat, Twisted X, and Hey Dude. Clothing by all the name brands, 50 to 70% off. Caps, hats, and accessories all marked down for this once-a-year sale. It makes good sense to shop at French's. French's Shoes and Boots. 1837 South Church Street, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Now, an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. After months of quarantine, civic and social groups are meeting again. The gatherings are social distancing and asking attendees to wear face coverings. The Murfreesboro Rotary Club held its first in-person gathering Tuesday at noon. 30 people attended, along with another group of similar size on Zoom. Oakland's Mansion Executive Director James Manning was a guest speaker talking about Oktoberfest. All the tickets are going to be sold online. This is the first year you won't be able to buy tickets at the door, so you've got to go on oaklandsmansion.org and get them now. We're limiting them to 250, and that's because of COVID. There'll be about 50 other people on site that are vendors and staff, so we'll have about 300 on the grounds. We're going to spread out a little bit further than we usually do, and everything's outside. Oktoberfest is Saturday, September 26th from 3 to 7 p.m. Library fines can add up more than most people would imagine. Lineball Library Branch Manager Carol Gaddis says you can ease a hefty portion of your overdue book fines by doing two simple things, bringing in canned food items and, of course, bring in your overdue book or books. If you have fines on your library account and you would like to get those cleared off by helping a good cause, we do have the week October 18th through the 24th for food for fines. You bring in one can of canned food and it takes $1 off of your fines. All library branches under the Rutherford County Library System will be participating in the Food for Fines program. It'll run October 18th through the 24th. And the state is launching a campaign to help Tennesseans who didn't graduate high school. Every county of the state is offering virtual classes to prepare adults to take the online HiSET exam. Follow us on Twitter at WGNS Radio. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock, when it breaks, and on demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS. This is a legal alert for users of Roundup Weed Killer. You may have heard about Roundup settlements. If you or a loved one used Roundup Weed Killer and have been diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, 
you may be entitled to compensation. Call 1-800-800-0992. That's 1-800-800-0992. In a May 2020 Bloomberg News story, it was reported that Bayer AG is about to announce that they settled with over 100,000 Roundup victims who have alleged its Roundup weed killer was responsible for the plaintiff's non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. This news follows three landmark verdicts that totaled over $2.3 billion. If you or someone you love has been diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, after being exposed to Roundup or a glyphosate herbicide, call 1-800-800-0992. That's 1-800-800-0992. Call now. Sponsored by Arnold and Itkin. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, Analexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. We'll see a few spotty rain showers here this afternoon with partial sunshine developing and a high in the low 80s. Winds out of the southeast around 5 to 10 miles per hour. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 69. Premier Six Theater is open. They're excited to see you again and will be showing some classic movies you'll be sure to enjoy. Check MurfreesboroMovies.com for showtimes for Premier Six Theater. They're now open. From Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad Street, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming online at WGNSRadio.com. I went through like six of them. Well, we're back, JD. Well, welcome JD back. Kennedy. <laughs> kind of slips up on us every yes, once in a did. while. Yes, it did. You were in Vietnam. Yes. And uh, uh, that was one of the wars that we had limited amounts of troops over there and had to depend upon the Air Force during that particular time. Because well, a lot we were, of times they would be just completely outnumbered and, and overwhelmed. Oh yeah, yeah. In Korea? Yeah. Same thing. Uh, and we had a limited scope on what we could do. Yeah. We couldn't win it. Why, why, why do you think that they tied our hands so they tightly? They didn't want to fight China. Uh, the only thing we could ever hear that made any sense was we were trying to stop the flow of communism, which, yeah. you know, Greg's wife could talk about in more detail than me. Yeah. I don't know that we did anything good about that because when we left, Communists took over immediately yeah. in Vietnam. I've always wondered how many of their troops, the, the South Vietnamese, were mistreated or even worse after everybody left. Well, one thing I discovered in Vietnam when we had time on the ground, those little fellas that were Arvins that were fighting the, for the South mm -hmm. had never known peace. Yeah. They'd fought under seven different flags. How do you get excited about your government when yeah. it turns over every three or four years and uh, then knowing communism coming. Yeah. Uh, but I think we were trying to save Thailand, uh, maybe help Cambodia and Laos a little bit. Uh, but we were trying to stop the, the dragon from taking over all of Southeast Asia. The only thing that made any sense to me. Yeah. When I came back to the 
all the farmers in Iowa would get around me and say, how we doing? And I had developed an answer that was kind of a smart aleck answer. And I said, if you can tell me what one thing, if gained, is victory, I can tell you how we're doing. But I don't know what that one thing is. Yeah. Well, I know what I'm doing, and I'm proud of what I'm doing, but I don't know the big picture. What do you think Douglas MacArthur would have said during that particular period? Oh, yeah. He, well, he did. Well, he did in Korea. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, he would have done the same thing in Vietnam. Yeah. Uh, like one of the jokes was that we couldn't tell what was going on in the Ho Chi Minh Trail because it was yeah. not in Vietnam. And we had uh, non-classified ability to tell you where every truck was on the Ho Chi Minh Trail and how long the engine had been shut off. Mm -hmm. I had friends that walked the Ho Chi Minh Trail behind those trucks and was relaying it to boats out in the harbor who was relaying it to the world. Uh, we were far too sophisticated to do what people said we were doing. Yeah, We knew what we were doing, we just couldn't do it. And, and that's a sad state when, when, you, when you think about it because you had all of those people that were killed during that particular war. I think we had something like 50,000. 55, I think. Yeah. And, and uh, you think, a lot of my why, friends. Were they, why were we there to start with if we weren't going to win the war? Because we know that it could have been ended pretty quick with a victory. And, and, uh, but it could have been starting a bigger one. Well... Do you think China would have uh, wanted to do that with all the uh, technology that the United States have as far as wartime? Well, you can't win a World War II by air power. Mm -hmm. You can win guerrilla warfare like we were doing. Yeah. Uh, if you sent the massive armies from China, we had no... Well, like in Korea, they just run us off. They almost did mm -hmm. run us off the peninsula. Uh, they could have done it there. It would have been total slaughter. But, but but the United States has been a country that they do not like to see the trail of blood. They no, don't no. they don't want to be part of that. Just like Iran. I mean Iran is one of those places that you could just completely annihilate. No question. But there are innocent people there that, that don't even people. want to be part of it. it yeah, it's it's always government you're fighting and not the people. I've told you I've got two good friends uh, that are in Iran that I went through pilot training with. Mm -hmm. And uh, so there's a lot of good people, a lot of intellectuals in, in Iran. Mm -hmm. But they have, uh, they're not going to get control again like the Shah had, not for years and years and years. It's going to be sad. And like you say, the only way you can stop them is to whoop them. Yeah. And we're not, we don't have the courage or whatever to do that. We, um, we can push buttons. Yeah. And there wouldn't be a China left, but yeah. look, what, look what all the carnage would be. Well, and right now, China's a whole lot more advanced than they were back then. Yeah. Thanks they to They steal us. our te technology. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, but just... It's frustrating. Yeah. Now, of all the time that you were at the Air Force Academy, right. The one thing that's always interested me: there's a height limit. Uh, on it was. Have they eliminated oh, yeah. all of it? But see, when I went in, you had to be qualified to be a pilot. Mm -hmm. Okay, like my buddy was six five. 
yeah. couldn't fly the frontline fighters because it would have cut his knees off when he injected. Yeah. So we didn't fit in the airplanes. The airplanes hadn't been built for big men. Yeah. So we had to fly an A-1, which is a old propeller thing that you crawled out of instead of ejected uh, and did well. Uh, so we had a limit of six foot four, so all of us could be pilots, and most of us were. Mm-hmm. Now it's probably eight, ten percent are pilots. So these guys are going either into the Space Force or medical field or uh, professor. You know, a lot of them are getting a master's and doctorate degree either at the academy or right after it. Uh, when we were there, we were the new guys. Like, I tried to get a major. Mm-hmm. And I, of course, was more in political science, international relations, Russian, that sort of thing. And they never, they changed my major every year so I couldn't get one. Wow. They wanted me to be a Bachelor of Science. Uh-huh. Just, you know, the last thing they wanted us to be was a military man. <laughs> well, that's what we were. Mm-hmm. But the people pulling the strings were from Princeton and Purdue and places like that. And, well, by the way, we're, the Academy is the first school, I think, ever that got accredited before we graduated our first class. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and another thing, when the Academy was first started, oh, I guess still that way, you had an age limit, which was not 18. You know, it was like 22 or something. So we had people that had played four years of football in the Big Ten come in as a freshman at the Academy. That's why we were so good the first few years. Now that wasn't done just because of the sport, was it? No, no, no. The, those were the they were the golden boys. They uh, there were very few of them, but they all had something special they had done. Yeah. And all did well. Uh, then by the time they got down to me, they wanted a well-rounded person mm-hmm. that had done a little bit of everything instead of being a superstar in one thing. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so it, it, the classes were different, and they were using computers to figure out, you know, like I was not good in math, even though I, I'm very good in math, I wasn't as good as they wanted me to be in science. I couldn't take their tests the way they took it. Yeah. They'd give me a, a nationwide test, I'd get A+. Plus. They could take me in before in the final exam and have six professors there and ask me verbal questions, i get an A+. Plus. Go ahead and flunk the exam. Mm-hmm. After exam, same group or another group would give me a verbal test, and I get A plus. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it it varied a lot of the ability that the people were there, and it was amazing. I went through, but they said they had a computer for the Kennedy curve. It wasn't going to happen again. Mm-hmm. They didn't want anybody that well around it. Uh, so you guys reached out into a lot of areas. It wasn't just. Air Force, or what you could. Oh no, 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 Air no! Force we were far from like that. that. Uh, I had to take uh, art appreciation uh, because of the people that were judging us. I had to do the Last Supper, draw the Last Supper. I had to draw the musician, you know, uh, all of the old, old arts. So we had to take uh, uh, Camus and all the old literature. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we said we were so well-rounded we had no foundation. That was pretty close. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people were taking 12 hours. We were taking 25 to 30 hours a semester. Yeah. So you had no free time. It, it was all studies. Um, but, but who all can... You were talking about Purdue and some of the other 
universities, probably MIT. Sure, and, sure. And All those, those Caltech. Yeah. Um, how much how much power did they have as far as being able to take that individual to their particular needs? Well, first of all, the power over the academy was that they were going to determine if we got accreditation. Mm -hmm. So they'd say, oh, that's too militaristic. We need to get them over here. Uh, but they were dying for our cadets when we graduated. In other words, they just, I had many friends that went to Purdue and uh, Princeton to get their master's degree. They, they were loving the cadets because they were perfect students. You know, it's just like uh, we did well in football mm -hmm. because the kid never made a mistake. Yeah. You were mechanical. Whatever your job was, you did it. Whereas you don't worry about the girl back home or the car being broke down or whatever. You're unidirected into whatever project you're in. Well, it was the same thing in academics. Uh, my last year at the academy, I took a lot of 600-level courses. Uh, Whereas four would be graduation. Yeah. Uh, one quick thing, which is uh, kind of blowing smoke. Uh, I was taking Russian. I was fluent in Russian. I had taken all the art, all the literature, all the law, everything you could take. And they said, Saturday morning, we want you here in civilian clothes. Hmm. Twelve. Of them. I think it was mm -hmm. twelve, ten or twelve. So we showed up in civilian clothes. It took us by a bus down to Colorado Springs. Took us into a room with a big long table. 12 seats on each side of the table. All the officers were in uniform. We were in civilian clothes. They said, this is going to be an open discussion. There's 12 Russian students on the other side of the table. Mm -hmm. The door is closed. There's no news. Nobody's going to watch this. It's an experiment. And they said, short of fighting, you can do anything you want. Well, all of us were extremely fluent in Russian, and we had one guy with us who had a, a photographic memory. Mm -hmm. We destroyed the Russians, just destroyed them, because we could go to, on you know, June 13th, 1947, this happened at this town, and they say, Yanni Panyamayo, I don't understand. Oh, hell yes, you understand, <laughs> you know, and finally they'd get mad and just wouldn't talk to us. Hmm. But uh, we, we got a lot of information out of them, they got a lot out of us. And then it was forgotten. I'm sure it was documented someplace, but we went on and did our thing after that. Yeah. And, and that helped me when I met Russians after that. Yeah. It, um, it, it's funny. You have to speak the same language and be able to um, reach out to each individual before you can ever have any... Um, uh, contact with them at all, don't right, you? Right, and then uh, because of the Cold War and all of their history and what mm -hmm. have you, you know, we entertained the Russians over here three different times teaching them real estate, and I was involved in that, and there was a road where we were uh, involved in their social life and their mm -hmm. housing, mm -hmm. and every one of them came over here to hate us. Mm -hmm. Is it time? Mm -hmm. Every one of us came over here to hate us, and I gave them the same speech I'd given in 58 to Russian soldiers. I said, the American government and the Russian government have been at war for years. The American people and the Russian people have never been at war. So there's no reason we can't be friends. Yeah. And before they'd leave, they were all close buddies. Wasn't that hard for them to understand? Oh, yeah. Very difficult. Very difficult. Because they were ingrained. I'm going to hate you. Yeah. You know. 
invite you, whatever. Yeah. But then I was the only one that went back to Russia to visit them. They kept inviting us, but they didn't expect us to come. Yeah. Well, when I went back to Russia, they treated me like a king. Uh, and all their little buddies said, why do you like him? You know, he's an American, so we'd have to break them down again. And did. When I'd get to each country over there, they'd say, what do you want to see? I said, number one, I want to see people who work with their hands. Yeah. And say, so why is that? And I said, then I'll know Russia. And they said, well, what's the second thing you want to see? I said, art or architecture, that's your deal. Yeah. I'll enjoy either one. But I want to know the people first. Is there really a middle class group in Russia? Now, yeah. Now there is. Uh, the thing that broke down communism for me when I was at the academy is a little bitty book, I still have it, called The Third Class, written by Gilis in Yugoslavia. And his premise was, here's your top class and here's your bottom class. Mm -hmm. Very simple. It works. Yeah. Until this class has a child that doesn't make it up here. Mm -hmm. You gonna put him here? No. Yeah. So they put a little help him in the middle there someplace. You just shot communism in the foot. Now you got a middle class. Yeah. And that's what the demise of it. But that's, that's the real strength of each country if they do have a middle class. No question. Yeah. Well, capitalism finally succeeds over socialism. Yeah. Right now we're going through the throws the other direction and we got half the people. That's dangerous, isn't it? That is dangerous. Try and mention any government that succeeded under socialism. My classic is Venezuela. Yeah. Five years ago, they were in the top five in the world. They have nothing. They've totally destroyed their country. Their inflation rates about a thousand percent, something yeah. like that. If they didn't have control over the military, it would go back to what it was. Yes, it would. Yes, it would. Well, it's the same thing. You've got a, a bunch of people, you can tell I'm conservative, uh, but a bunch of liberals that want to take the money away from the rich. Yeah. Well, all of a sudden, you're going to destroy the country. They don't understand with the welfare system and the giveaway system, sometimes, someplace, somewhere, the rich people are going to run out of money or leave. Yeah. Look at California. The big boys are leaving in droves out of California because they've overtaxed them. Yeah. Let's uh, hope they don't end up here. Well, if, but if it's the conservatives that come here, I don't mind that. Yeah. But look the at, drags you can't afford to leave. Yeah. Uh, look at San Francisco. Beautiful city. Used to be. L.A. Mm -hmm. uh, I was just out there and I was in a pocket of conservatives. It's still beautiful. But right, you go 10 miles away, and it's horrible. Yeah. Uh, like my brother's a very, very successful doctor out there, and he's considered leaving. Uh, just be, Not just the taxation, which would be enough to do it, mm -hmm. but the climate, the political climate out there is absurd. Uh, we, we wouldn't believe it. You know, we, we couldn't stand We. It's almost like they're not a part of our country. They anymore. aren't. No. And, and it's not just California. I mean, you look into Oregon and Washington and places that have gone so socialist, it's just unbelievable. Every one of them has a liberal government. Yeah. Every one of them. 
and, and I don't think people are looking at the entire political scene right now, which is sad because the media will concentrate on just a few things that they think that they can reach out to the public if they think it's a weak part of of our government. Well, the people that are pushing whatever's going on are banking on the idea that people want something for nothing. Yeah. And there's no free lunch. No. If you get gimme, 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 all of a sudden you got your control. And this happened, we saw it in Russia when I was over there, we saw it in Venezuela, as you, uh, Greg's wife could tell us about Vietnam. Yeah. Uh, it, it doesn't work long, but it works. But it's absolute control. Isn't it amazing how some of these people get the false idea that they are elitist yeah. and they need to control the non-thinking people in, yeah. in our country? Yeah, because they aren't smart enough to take care of themselves is what they think. Yeah. Not true. Not true. You know, they lean on all the things that they don't want other people to have. And Hollywood is a classic example of that. And you look at Pelosi... Um, she uh, she's not the brightest person in the world, as we all know. No. And there she is, uh, taking part on all the finery things that that she has at her place, but she doesn't want anyone else to be at that. But well, she's a level. great great politician. She every person in the house owes her something. Yeah, she's the best fundraiser they've ever had. So. She's allowed to run at the end of the rope because she helps everybody else. Yeah, but all but, the other Democrats. But reaching out to all kinds of Democrats like she has, she's put herself in a corner also oh, no a couple question. of times. Yeah. And, and and some of these are in the New York, Michigan. Well, Minnesota look at Bernie areas. Sanders. Oh God. AOC. She's the the biggest liberal up there. I love the one where she says, "Don't worry about the police being defunded. Just dial nine one one." Well, thank goodness she's an intellectual, right? Yeah. <laughs> Mind of a brick. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, yeah. Well, we just solved a lot of world problems yeah. today. What if you were a young man again, say you're 18, would you do all the things that you, the path that you followed when you were that age? Uh, all the original things. Yeah. Uh, but there are turning points in my life that I would have changed. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, like when I came back from Vietnam, I had wrangled an F-4 fighter. Mm -hmm. And I was going to go take and shoot at them like they've been shooting at me for five tours. And a colonel friend of mine wrangled around and got me an instructor seat. Mm -hmm. Kind of like well, a Top Gun? <laughs> yeah, but on the C-130. Yeah. Oh. Uh, and I realized then that I'd been an instructor because I was taking the colonels into Vietnam that it hadn't flown in 20 years wow. and teach them how to fly combat. Uh, and they weren't taught that in the school. They didn't understand that. And, and, and they were dangerous. They were yeah. awful. Uh, I've had several where I walked into base ops and I said, if you let that person fly again, you're crazier than he is. Mm -hmm. And they'd send them home on my word. Yeah. Uh, but... You asked me one time what would I airplane I would love to have flown, mm -hmm. and I told you the F-4. 
thinking further on that, and because it was just coming in, if I'd have known more, I'd have rather been in the AC-130, mm. which was has more firepower than any fighter, carried the biggest bomb in history, the MOAB, by the way, the uh, Air Force, uh, Air, Air Pilot's version of MOAB was mother of all bombs, was the nickname, mm -hmm. 20,000 pounds. But uh, uh, AC-130, it was like Puff, only extrapolated to the end limit where they had the big howitzer in the back, small howitzer in the middle, and a couple of Gatling guns. And uh, It was like one big Gatling gun it in was, every but it had area. Every, but it could blow a tank up with the howitzer. Yeah. Uh, and I heard, I've not ever been on one, I died to be, get to sit in one. And I heard that they had a fire control officer that could be monitoring 30 targets at one time. Mm. And then the pilot or whoever was making the decisions could say, bring up six, and they destroy it. And I've seen a lot of gun camera films, so it's amazing what they could do. I saw Puff in action, what it could do. But it's nothing compared to what we have there. And now it's my understanding, this is all written, it's not secret, that they're transforming some of those, uh, taking the big howitzer out and putting a laser in it. Mm. That'll stop anything. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, the Gatling gun's amazing. You know, it, it changed the war. By the way, the, you know, you like history. Uh, Custer, on his last stand, going there, was offered two or three, I don't remember, Gatling guns. He said, oh, they're just getting my way. It would have changed the battle. And, and he's considered a hero in, in, in a lot of places. And you know who one of the most decorated generals at that time was his brother. You never hear about never him. Never heard of him. No. Yeah. But uh, Custer got history because of the little bighorn and lost. Yeah. What kind of aircraft was the F-15? F-15 was the quantum leap from all our fighters at the time. Yeah. Go faster, carry more armament. Uh, I've heard a lot of Air Force air people say that it's still the one that they would use. Yeah. Well, the F-8 Crusader was a pilot's airplane, too. There were several like that. Uh, but now your follow-on airplanes are going so fast, how do you have a dogfight at Mach 2? Yeah. Gone. You know, so all the fighting's done electronically. Whereas back in uh, 15 even, and certainly before that in F-100 and whatever, you were mano a mano. You were out flying the other guy. Yeah. But now it's all electronics. You never see the guy you shoot. When, when you're involved in, in a, a, an air fight, how much does it drive your blood pressure up and all the things that go with it? Well, you're, I, I, can, can you keep a level head about you while you're doing that? Yes. Uh, it's been studied many, many, many times. My brother's a flight surgeon, and he studied it too. If you take 100 pilots, all fighter pilots, mm -hmm. you'll have five or six, seven, whatever, that pee in their pants every time they go up. Mm. They're just like yeah. this. You got the same number at the top that don't use judgment. 
I'm going to go kill that son of a gun. Yeah. It's that middle group you want mm -hmm. that still can think along with not fearing or not letting fear win. Mm -hmm. Where you're still in control of your emotions, but you're unidirected on what you're going to do. Um, you got to be crazy to be a pilot. <laughs> I've always said that. You've always said that. You're yeah. always, you're always, you guys are different than anybody else. I never felt I was crazy, but I felt I was unidirected when I was flying. Yeah, you were crazy. Yeah. <laughs> still am. Yeah, you still are. <laughs> Didn't affect me. Yeah. <laughs> JD, you're a lot of fun. Well, fun. And, I've enjoyed and, this. And you help the twins do their crossword puzzle every morning. Yeah. And I don't know if they would be able to complete it without you. Well, the one says that she just uh, humors Karen? me, Karen. She, <laughs> yeah. she says that she can do it before I wake up. But yeah, and the other one's better than she is. So you just they're go listening to, right now. You know that. Uh, hmm? They're listening right now. So yeah, you're talking hi. about Sharon's happy with you. <laughs> yeah, Sharon. Sharon's pretty tough on the puzzle. Karen beats me, so I, you know where that leaves me. I'm a follower. You're a lot of fun. I enjoy. I, in fact, I enjoy when we sit here and drink coffee. Yeah. And get to to listen to all the 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 history and the great events that have happened and and the the real story behind the story. I had a person here that those girls would know or know well that bugged me and bugged me and bugged me and wanted to do a tele a television thing or a camera mm -hmm. of me telling my war stories. Mm -hmm. And I said, let me explain it to you. I said, well, I'm going to do it once, mm -hmm. and I'm going to do it only for family. Yeah. It's not fun. Yeah. There's nothing funny about it. Yeah. Now, I got funny stories, and I'll tell those. But I said, when I did it for my brother, when it finally started, and it was just he and his wife and I, I said, now, at the end of this, you will be provided cyanide tablets. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, do you still have some? Yeah. <laughs> you know Gary Francis Powers had one and didn't use it. Yeah, maybe. Well, I don't know. He didn't come out looking too well after no, all that was no, over no, with, no. which is a shame. If his airplane hadn't malfunctioned, he'd never had that problem. Yeah. It's amazing that that U-2 has about a two-knot window. When it's up there, it's on a razor blade. Mm -hmm. You increase it either direction or decrease it it'll fall out of the sky so when he had a little bit of engine problem here he got down where they could get him mm. he was supposed to well he was provided with the ability to kill himself i i felt so sorry for him yeah well i, I can still see that little um i guess it was kind of like a trial you might say oh yeah the way that he he had to Expect, go through that. they were exposing him yeah and and how many people would have actually taken that poison? Uh, well, to, well, that's to, the thing. It's your choice. Yeah, it's your choice. And 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 but everybody was criticizing Matt. Oh, time. sure, sure. And, and, they, they, and they didn't know what they were talking about. Yeah, yeah. Thank you again. JD. Thank you. Enjoyed it. All right. Have we'll a great day. We'll see you in the morning at nine with Doctor John Daniel Rudd. Great. Bye. Uh, 
from Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad Street. It's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming online at WGNSRadio.com.